This podcast includes frank discussions of mature themes that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is intended to provide encouragement and support through personal storytelling. The views expressed are the opinions of the participants and not intended to be medical, legal, clinical, or professional information or advice of any kind. Welcome to the Bubble Hour. 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 Welcome, 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 welcome to the Bubble Hour. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. Not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from power. Weakness head on me. Jean McCarthy, and you're listening to The Bobble Hour. Well, here it is. <laughs> the last episode of the last season, I am recording my last voiceover. And it is emotional, for sure, but in a good way. Goodbyes are hard when they're sudden or unexpected or they feel like they're coming too soon. And as I'm thinking about this last episode, I'm thinking about how some funerals are heartbreaking and grief-stricken and agonizing, but sometimes they're a celebration of life and they can still be emotional and melancholy, but you know that the end came at the right time. And that's how this feels. For this last episode, I asked the other hosts to send in their messages of farewell. And it happened, so happened this summer that Ellie and Amanda and Catherine got together for a day and hung out. And they used that as an opportunity to record a message together to say their goodbyes. Here it is. Hey, everyone. This is Catherine. And this is Ellie. And this is Amanda. And we're all hanging out here together for the day. And we wanted to say a few words for the final episode of The Bubble Hour. Can't believe we're at the final episode. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, having had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun with Amanda and Catherine today, I mean, what a perfect example of... The gifts of recovery, right? That we all get to be together and have a great time um, and just be who we are meant to be with each other. And I want to give a really heartfelt thanks to Jean for keeping this going for as long as she did. It's been an amazing 10 years of the bubble hour and the amazing people that has brought into my life and our lives And Jean, you are absolutely one of those people. And I, for one, am incredibly grateful to you for all your hard work. And to all the people who have listened and called in and shared their stories. I'm getting a little emotional. Shared their stories and kept it, kept it real all these years. So thank you very much. Thanks, Ellie. And this is Amanda. And yes, I, I echo Ellie's sentiments. I just, want to thank everyone and who has listened over the years and hopefully it has helped you along the way and Jean oh my god I am so grateful to you 
to have continued this on for so long. And it's really nice to to know that it's helped people. Even every once in a while, you hear just one person. That's all we were ever trying to do. And the fact that it has gone on for so long and there's been so many listeners, it's just, we love you all. We're so grateful to you. And like Ellie said, I can't even tell you the day that we had today. It was hysterical. And we did some <laughs> crazy things. And, you know, we did it all sober. And those are the gifts. So just keep Keep going on if you've been struggling. And just, again, Jean, you're, you're a rock star. Thank you for keeping the bubble hour going. And this is Catherine. And I just have to say, uh, Jean, huge heartfelt thanks to you. You were definitely here in spirit. And thank you to everybody who has listened over the years. I was reflecting today as, as we were here having a lot of laughs and a lot of talks When I was drinking, I was so lonely and so afraid all the time. And now I have true friends that I can really be myself with and that I can have laughs and tears and everything in between. And you're all a part of that. Um, Sincerely feeling the energy of everybody over the years who has listened and sent in feedback and really... It All of this emphasizes for me something that we always said on the bubble hour, which is that we can't do this alone and we we don't have to do it alone. And so I think maybe we'll just close on that message to just say we send love and gratitude to all of you. So stay sober and stay stick sober together. together. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. I must say that there are people I wish I could have interviewed. Every single member of the BFB, the Booze Free Brigade, the online Facebook group you've heard mentioned since the very first episode of this show, um, I I wish I could have every one of you uh, have been on here. I just went through and counted, and it looks to me like there's over 100 episodes of the Bubble Hour that feature members of the BFB, and I think there's about... 125 different people that have been on the show. But of course, there's hundreds and hundreds more in that group that I would have loved to have interviewed. And the same goes for all the people that I've met on retreats and meetups and through various organizations, including uh, including She Recovers, and also the many, many friends I have made along the way who are walking this walk in one way or another. I wish I could have held the mic and held space for every single one of you because I know your story, like every story, has the power to change lives. And so I want to ask of you to please shine your light and share your story and ask others to tell you their stories and just please keep connecting as you go because this is how recovery magic worked long before the bubble hour came along and how it will go on to make a difference long after we are gone. Now I want to share with you a beautiful message from Lisa, who was a co-founder of the show and co-host in season one and two. Hi, Jean, and hello, bubble hour listeners. This is Lisa, and I have missed you guys. I'm glad to be here with you today, awkwardly recording myself, just like old times, for what will be the farewell episode of The Bubble Hour. I'm walking down memory lane here. The Bubble Hour was the little podcast that could, 
A decade ago, Ellie asked if I would consider co-hosting a recovery podcast with her. And I said yes, even though I barely knew what a podcast was and I was clueless about what hosting included, obviously. It didn't matter, though. I have always admired Ellie, her wisdom, and her courage. So I figured with Ellie leading the way, we could make this happen. So we were off, finding guests who were willing to join us to share the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful about their own recovery journey. At some point during our first year, Ellie and I convinced the unstoppable, brilliant Amanda to join us as a host, and the three of us were a team. I will be forever grateful that I was lucky enough to collaborate with Ellie and Amanda. Ladies, are you listening? If so, thank you, thank you, thank you, and I love you both. After co-hosting for a year, I had to make the decision to step away because my life needed my full attention. I was still new to sobriety. I had a demanding job, and more importantly, I had two young children who needed their mom. But I knew the future was still bright for the little podcast that could. Catherine, full of wisdom and beautiful from the inside out, hello, Catherine, I miss you, agreed to join the show as a host, along with Jean. And of course, they stepped smoothly in without missing a beat. Jean is now our fearless host, and she has been forging ahead with kindness, compassion, authenticity, and wisdom every step of the way, as you guys know. Thank you, Jean, from the bottom of my heart for carrying the torch for all of us. The bubble hour was a lifeline for me and so many others because it really did feel like a cushiony bubble of protection when I needed it the most as a listener and as a host. My expectations for the show when we started were minimal. My only motivation for hosting the show was to help one person, literally just one person. That would have been enough for me. So as we began recording episodes, I visualized one imaginary, nearly sober listener, picturing her as she trudged through the often lonely and sometimes terrifying early days of sobriety. I pictured her finding some hope and discovering connection, and holding it tightly as she listened to our episode. If I could help her feel less alone, my expectation was met. It turns out that I could have adjusted my expectations and made them much higher, because as I am recording this today, the Bubble Hour has over 4 million downloads, which is completely amazing and also surreal. My favorite memory of hosting, the greatest gift really, which is one big memory for me, is that doing the show and opening up early in my own recovery really did change the trajectory of my own healing process. I also cherish little personal moments, like my sweet puppy barking through the closet door to remind me that it was time for her walk, or the times my children, who are no longer little, made cameo appearances by whisper yelling through the door of my closet to ask for help finding something like baseball cleats or theater costumes. Or my favorite, my son once interrupted my recording to tell me he couldn't find the other half of his sandwich. And did I happen to know where it might be? (laughs) Are you wondering why I look back and find that being interrupted has now become a cherished memory? At the time, I remember feeling frustrated, but now I cherish those memories because of what those interruptions represented. They were sort of symbolic, 
because unbeknownst to me at the time, I was becoming a person who could be counted on to provide help and guidance. I was becoming someone who would keep things on track, which was quite a change from the old drunk me who ran everything right off the rails. Instead of a person who hid in her closet to sneak drink wine, I had become a person who hid in her closet to help create a sobriety podcast. These memories are my favorite because they conjure a striking contrast in my mind's eye of the person I used to be compared to the person I was slowly but surely becoming. And I did fight to become her, and I'm proud of her. I'm happy to tell you that today my recovery is very much alive and well. One day at a time, I have had continuous sobriety for over a decade now. I never would have thought it possible, but here I am, still sober and free. Over the years, through continuous therapy, I've worked hard to discover the root causes of my unhealthy relationship with alcohol. As you may know yourself, the work is not easy, and I still have miles to go. Some of it has been painful, but it has also been a gift. I am still me, but I am now at home in myself. My life is good because I am sober, even on bad days and in very painful circumstances at times. I still know that my life is good. Every day I get to wake up hangover free and shame free and I get to do the next right thing. I am so very lucky and I am eternally grateful. Early sobriety was the hardest thing I have ever done, but also the most empowering move I have ever made in my life. Getting my power back by choosing not to drink is a hell of a life hack, and I highly recommend it. My wish for you, listener, is hope. If you are struggling, my suggestion to you is to reach out to others who have been there before. Most importantly, do not give up, no matter what. You deserve recovery. It is so much better over here on this side. Finally, I will say goodbye to the bubble hour now with only love and complete gratitude in my heart. It fills me with joy to know that our little podcast that could, which came into being with love, did not go gently into that good night. For a decade, it has shined and sparkled and gotten brighter with every episode, always a beacon of hope reminding us that we are not alone. Thank you to my fellow hosts, Ellie, Amanda, Catherine, and Jean. Thank you to every guest who bravely shared their story. Thank you to every single listener for trusting us enough to download our next episode. Thank you for letting me be a part of your recovery journey. And most of all, thank you a million times over for being a part of mine. Oh, I love that lady so much. It is still my dream one way that I will get to meet her in person. Meanwhile, we are both active members in BFB, and Lisa continues to be a huge encourager of others there. Being part of this show of the Bubble Hour has strengthened my own recovery. It's opened my mind. It's made me less judgmental of others. And I got to tell you, I had a death grip on my recovery when I joined the show. I was driven by fear and by shame. And by the kind of 
echoes of perfectionism, which is ironic because that is also what drove my addiction to alcohol in the first place. So it's funny how that goes. I had kind of turned it around and and harnessed it to get sober, but it still wasn't really maybe the most comfortable way to go forward in recovery. And now I think through learning more from other people and through spending time hosting this show and just hearing so many different stories and seeing recovery modeled for me in so many different ways, I'm able to enjoy living sober much more. And I feel more like my recovery is a choice that I make every day. And I know I don't want to go back to drinking ever, but at the same time, I really release myself from shame and fear as a motivation. I think I've switched over to choosing joy and empowerment and health and longevity. Those are more my why words now, and that's a big shift. I don't think I really realized how much uh, fear and shame were my motivators then, but I, I can see it now. If you tally up the hours, I suppose I've been here the longest and spent the most time on air, but to me, The bubble hour story belongs to Ellie, who dreamed it up, literally brought it to life and then stepped away when her own recovery was in jeopardy and came back and talked openly about relapse, which wasn't easy. And I can tell you it was transformative for me because it helped me to understand addiction so much better. I had to untangle myself from the idea that recovery was kind of a meritocracy and that there was like a a good way to get sober or that... I better get it right, or I wasn't worthy of being here. That was really rooted in perfectionism, that kind of thinking. Ellie showed me, and I think she showed you too, that relapse sucks, and yet when it happens, we have to talk about it. And it's a conundrum to be accepting of the reality of relapse without sounding permissive, but I think we would have done you a disservice on this show, if we had only told one kind of story, if we only offered you stories of one and done success, people that quit drinking and never looked back, never struggled or relapsed, encouragement and motivation has to include a lot of different kinds of stories and that it's not fair to imply that if you don't do it perfectly the first time, you're not doing it right. You might as well not bother. That's just not true including the truth of Ellie's relapse and embracing stories of recovery that include comebacks is important. And I think it's one of the greatest accomplishments of the bubble hour. And it certainly was never something that Ellie would have envisioned when she started this podcast. She didn't know she was going to relapse. But the fact that she came back to the show and and she told us everything that happened, she told us all her truth, I feel like that was heroic. And then when she later decided to put her own recovery first and step down from public advocacy altogether, I was astounded again. And then finally, when Ellie graciously, graciously allowed me to carry on her show, her baby, and allowed me to become the voice and the face of this show that she created, I felt that that was a huge lesson in humility and selflessness. I know there have been hundreds and hundreds of voices on this show, hundreds of stories, but to me, Ellie's story underpins it all, and her voice is one of the most powerful. Well, hello, all of my beautiful bubbles. (laughs) 
I don't know what to call all of you. Um, I was just reading a beautiful message from Jean talking about what it's like for her to put together the recap of all of the shows and, and what an incredible and rewarding and amazing journey being part of the Bubble Hour was for me. And even when I wasn't part of it, to be able to continue to listen to all of the amazing shows and all of the incredible souls who have shared their experience and strength and hope with all of us. I am so grateful to Jean for everything that she's done and that she was able to keep this alive for as long as she did. It was a very difficult decision to step away from it. I think I have explained it before in other episodes, but for me, I realized that I needed to be able to focus on my own recovery journey in a more personal, sacred way. And the best way for me to do that was to really stay focused on myself and my own self-care and my own bubble, honestly. And I'm a caretaker, and it's really easy for me to start to take care of everybody else Instead of myself, I mean, I'd much rather solve your problems than than mine. (laughs) I think we all know what that's like. Uh, But I wanted to send all of you a quick update on where I am doing well. A lot of things have happened since the last time I spoke on the bubble hour. I have moved again. My children are now 20 and 17, which blows my mind. It's 10 years or so that we started all of this ago, and it was just a whimsical thought one evening about starting something that could help women in particular, but everybody share their stories in a honest, authentic, vulnerable, safe way. The thing that always, always, always makes the most difference to me when I'm struggling is to hear the words of somebody else who's been through or is going through what I am, who's made it to the other side, or who is fighting the brave fight alongside me. I love hearing stories of people who've been sober a long time and the things that they do to stay sober, and I learn so much from people's successes. But I really also, I derive and take away so much courage and inspiration and hope from the challenges and struggles that we all have because I feel less alone when people share about them and talk about the fact that they feel isolated or alone and um, just hearing somebody share something that you can identify with and know that you're not the only person on the planet that feels the way that you do or has done the things that you did or who thinks the way that you think When it comes right down to it, I've been on this recovery journey now since 2007. It hasn't been a straight line. I've had relapses. I've had to crawl back more than once to recovery. But I think that I have probably learned more about myself and strengthened my recovery more by allowing myself to own the mistakes and missteps and learn from them and grow as a person It always sounds so funny to say that because in recovery circles, people often don't want you to talk about relapse because it's not a requirement and it isn't. And if my recovery had been as strong as it it could have been, I wouldn't have relapsed, but I did. And I have built a really beautiful, quiet, small, but very cozy and comfortable life for myself. 
staying sober every day is no longer an active struggle. It hasn't been for a long time now. But boy, do I want to erase myself, you know, get my crazy monkey brain to stop chattering away at me just because I no longer, one day at a time, in this moment, today, crave alcohol or a substance to help myself feel better or feel worthy or understand who I am. I have other tools. I have meditation and yoga and music and art and friends and laughter and all kinds of things that I do that keep me from wanting to pick up a drink again. But it's really the people. It's the people like you, the listeners, the guests, the people I meet in recovery meetings, the people that I even just meet as I travel through life who are talking about being people in recovery with their chin held high and understanding that the there's no shame in being somebody who has overcome the challenge of addiction. If anything, we should be flying our flags as proudly as we can from every rooftop to be able to help those that are out there actively struggling know that it's possible, it's worth it, and we're here to listen. So, so much love, so much gratitude to all of you, especially to Jean and Catherine and Amanda and Lisa and... All of the people that have been part of of the Bubble Hour over the years, they're my treasured, treasured friends. To all of you who have reached out to me, I, I still hear from people sometimes saying that the Bubble Hour has made a difference in your life. That is all I've ever needed to hear, and it makes me feel less alone and, and keeps me strong. So lean into the discomfort, keep your chin held high, keep your shoulders back, walk with pride. And I love all of you with all of my heart. Thanks. Do you ever wish for a little bit of recovery inspiration on the go? Tiny Bubbles is a new podcast that brings you the best bits of the Bubble Hour podcast in quick little episodes, just 15 minutes long but packed with wisdom, insight, and encouragement to live your life wholeheartedly and alcohol-free. Look for Tiny Bubbles wherever you get podcasts and subscribe today. Tiny Bubbles. Little bits of recovery goodness brought to you by the Bubble Hour. Sometimes all you need is a little pep talk so you can get back to living that beautiful life you're building. is a new collection of recovery readings inspired by the Bubble Hour. If you love the encouragement and support you find here on this podcast, then this new book is for you. Visit thebubblehour.com for more information or check the show notes for a link to purchase. You'll find Take Good Care on Amazon Worldwide. Take Good Care, recovery reading inspired by the Bubble Hour, the perfect gift for yourself and friends. Others find the message of recovery we champion on the Bubble Hour. Plus, get access to the entire backlist ad-free by joining us on Patreon. Patron support helps with the ongoing expense of making free versions of the show available, as well as the cost to make new content like our spin-off podcast, Tiny Bubbles. Become a Bubble Hour patron today at patreon.com slash thebubblehour.com. 
and help us help others through stories of strength and hope. So now I would like to ask for you to hold space for me, if you would, to let me share a story with you. When I joined the show, I was 45 and I was working full time and the last of my three sons was still living at home in high school. And now uh, it's a decade later and I'm semi-retired and my sons are all married and my husband and I have three grandsons now. I've written numerous books, fulfilling a lifelong dream of mine, and I can honestly say I am very, very proud of my accomplishments. Before I quit drinking, there was never enough alcohol, but there was also never enough accomplishments. There was never enough accolades, never enough hours in the day or rungs on the ladder. I was just endlessly ambitious and driven, and I worked hard, hard, hard every day, and yet nothing I did ever felt satisfying to me. The second I accomplished something I'd set out to do, I immediately just looked to the next thing. And if I received a compliment or praise or a trophy, even something I know I'd earned, even something I wanted, I still kind of tossed it aside. It felt hollow and I just went on to the next thing. Nothing is ever good enough when you're hustling for your worthiness. And I felt like I had to keep moving so that I could outrun potential criticism and hope that I would just never get hit. Around the time I took over as the solo host, my husband and I were transitioning our home building business and we were downsizing. We were moving out of a large office that was once full of employees and we were paring down to just the two of us and going to a home office and trying to decide what on earth to do with all of the computers and the desks and the furniture and the binders and the pens. You guys, there are so many pens. I'm still using them years, years, years later, and paper clips. I've still got a huge basket of paper clips that seems to never run out. The office supplies may outlive me, to be honest. One day, my husband, he called me into the boardroom and he pointed to a wall that was lined with shelves and covered in trophies. Numerous Builder of the Year awards, Volunteer of the Year, Woman of Distinction, Top Canadian Women in Business awards, numerous Home Design awards, Advertising awards, and there was literally a truckload of glass and brass symbolizing my career and some kind of success. And to me, that display was a little bit heartbreaking. I didn't like that wall of trophies. It just reminded me of 20 years of searching for my value and of trying to prove myself to the people around me and most especially to my father to try to earn his love and respect. And spoiler alert, that didn't work out so well. It makes me sad to think of that time of life, to think of doing so much and honestly doing it pretty well, but at the same time, just slowly destroying myself, never liking myself and never feeling good enough. And despite all of the outward evidence, to me, it was almost comical and ironic in how big of a difference there was between the me that that won those trophies and the me that was so shriveled and hollowed and hurting. (sighs) So, okay. So by then I was sober (laughs) and I wasn't really pursuing trophies anymore, but what the heck do you do with them? What do I do with all those trophies? So the thought of allowing all of that into my home and 
confronting them every day just made me feel sick to my stomach. And never mind the idea of dusting them. I didn't want to dust them. And I knew no one else would ever want them. So in the end, we decided to just pile them all up and take a picture. And then we smashed them one by one into the big blue dumpster behind our office. And honestly, it felt pretty triumphant. It felt like letting go of a whole other addiction. Ever since then, I've been pretty careful about my feelings about awards and accolades. And I've learned to accept compliments. I'm getting better at that. I'm still working with a therapist to learn how to feel safe and valued and accepted without feeling like I have to earn it. That's part of the job of recovery. For me, it's a much better way to live. And the shift and the healing has been an unexpected benefit of recovery. So the other day, I was having coffee with a friend, the very friend who was there for me on my very first day of sobriety back in 2011. And in an earlier episode this season, you heard a clip of me saying that, you know, on the first day, I told a friend the damn truth. Well, that's the friend. She's a good one. She's a keeper. And I was telling her how I'm building this final season of the show and how it was such a big job and how working through these old episodes has really been so wonderful. I had been kind of bracing actually to feel a bit embarrassed and I was expecting that I was going to just cringe as I listened to those old tracks of myself and heard all the times that I said like and um and I was a little bit worried that as I listened to the old episodes I'd be hearing parts of my story where I wasn't healed yet or where I wasn't proud of how I spoke on that day and I thought I'd want to scrub all those archives clean. But instead, what I witnessed was this beautiful arc of growth and of healing and of community. And instead of cleaning up all those old messes, which, I mean, you did hear a good laugh in episode four this season, where we kind of had some fun laughing at all the old mistakes. To be honest, I just felt so proud, very, very proud of all of it, of the show and the community that it created. And I'm honored to have played a role. And I just truly feel that I stepped up and I did my best. And I am so proud of this whole thing. And I told all this to my friend and she was kind of gobsmacked. She's never heard me say that before. She's never heard me sound so authentically proud, especially not relative to my recovery, which I was very scared and ashamed of uh, on that very first day. So you see, I'm healing and this show has been a big part of that. So I'm grateful to every single listener, every guest and every other host of this show for the chance to be here and to learn and to heal and to grow together. And I won't say I'm sad it's ending because I'm not. It's time. I don't want to be cheesy, but I feel like I need to say it for the final time because I loved closing the show with a wish for all of you. (laughs) Take good care, and I mean it. Take good care of yourself and of each other. Yeah, I, I offer this up. It's complete. Off we go. Onward. I own it. I did that. Not proud, but me and when I face it, I take back a little dignity, not looking for excuses. I just want to be free from the power weakness had on me. In a dark corner is where shame lies to hide. We think you're strong just cause you'll keep 
bit on the side. It just stays and wait there to rob you of your pride. Turn the light on, turn the light on, you can shine. When you see I did that, and I'm proud that that was me. And when I face it, I take back a little dignity. I'm not looking for excuses, I just want to be free. Just want to be free. 